Welcome to episode 128 of the Slightly Daily Podcast. I'm by myself. I'm solo. I got new lights. I just went live on Instagram for about, damn, probably about 30 minutes. It was nice. I actually had people in there. I had people in there with me, talking, enjoying my my company. We were enjoying each other's company and whatnot. Um, But yeah, I was setting up these new lights and stuff. Anyway, I want to make this very quick. It's 1 p.m., Saturday, March 5th, um, the meat and potatoes of this podcast is, ep- sorry, the meat and potatoes of this podcast is going to be my UFC 272 picks, but I also want to chat about a few things, and uh, at the very end, I'm going to be opening this box of baseball cards, because I'm going to be talking about the MLB. Um, let's see, I, I, I've been compiling a list and I've also been wanting to film this episode for a while, but I've been lacking motivation because I've been semi-depressed, but I'm back here. Um, let's just talk about the MLB lockout right now and just baseball in general, um, college baseball, MLB lockout. So just to catch you guys up on speed, basically... The players want more money. You know, the minor league players, the major league players, they want more money and more benefits. And they're like, we're, we're not playing until we get this. So Rob Manfred, the commissioner, the owners are like, fine. We're okay with that. We're still billionaires. We don't give a damn. We don't give a shit. Until you guys, until you guys, act, until you guys act right, we don't care. So, that's where we are with baseball right now. I mean, spring training should be going on right now. We should be having MLB baseball on TV right now. Uh, but but we're not. We don't get to see Aaron Judge. We don't get to see Mike Trout <laughs> play baseball. We don't get to see the Braves try and defend their... Start their journey. What the hell? Come on, ESPN. Stupid-ass ad. Um, it's all about money. I mean that's 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 what it has always been about, but it's all about money. Uh, the players want more money, so the owners and the commissioner is like, fine, we we we're not we're not ready to have this conversation, so we'll just have it next month. And we're gonna and they already canceled the first series, like pretty much the first weekend of opening day. Um, I believe this happened in like '92 or something. I think they canceled the entire season or most of the season because of this reason. I think it's just interesting that we're in 2022 and we still have disagreements in professional sports on what they should be paid. Now, yes, I get it. They get paid boatloads of money, crap ton, a crap fuckload of money. I'm trying not to cuss this watch on here. (laughs) Uh, They get paid so much money to play a child's game. I get it. But like, If the billionaires at the top are making literal, actual billions of dollars off of what Mike Trout has done for the Angels organization or, you know, Juan Soto, what Juan Soto did to Washington, bringing them in at World Series and stuff. Yeah, Juan Soto made a bunch of money. He got his bonuses and whatnot. But at the end of the day, who's really winning? It's the owners. It's the management. 
it's not even necessarily like the GMs or anything either. It's literally just the owners and Rob Manfred, the commissioner. It's sick. Uh, because people want to see baseball. Some people, and I get it, baseball is not very popular uh, in general. But, like, I would enjoy to go to, go to a sounds game right now. I would enjoy to click on a Braves game right now at, you know, noon. Noon on a Saturday, noon on a Tuesday. But that brings me to my next point about, um, I literally have it in my notes, just college baseball. College baseball is one of the most underappreciated like sports, levels in sports, just sports events, period. I mean, seriously, over the past uh, two weeks or whatever that the season's really been on, there's been like NAIA teams and like D3, Division three teams, like beating top-ranked D1 schools. That doesn't happen in, in football. There's no shot. If Cumberland, and this is probably hyper-local here, but most 99% of my audience is um, ten- Tennessee folks. If Cumberland hopped on the field, they have Cumberland has a football team. Okay, Cumberland is NAIA. It's it's very small college. If Cumberland hopped on the field against Alabama, there's a 100% chance that they lose. There's no shot that they win. Like that is a guaranteed fact. There's no way that they win that game. It's literally physically impossible that's how god made it if cumberland played alabama in baseball cumberland cumberland has a good baseball team but they're still in aia cumberland could have a incredible game and they could win like they could totally win because that's how baseball is basketball is in this is in a weird kind of in between you might have who beat duke last year uh it was like sf austin or something yeah you might have a march madness upset where unbc beats virginia but like that's one in say say cumberland beating alabama is like one in a billion that in in college basketball it's probably maybe one in a hundred thousand in baseball maybe like one in a thousand one in a hundred like the odds are very it's way smaller it's more likely to happen and it's been happening and it brings me to this it's very cool to see on ESPN plus you know uh Campbell University versus Northwestern and like I I'm just such a nerd for sports too so that just like really it's right down my alley I love it um yeah uh Uh, I want to talk a little bit about euphoria just because I felt like I have to. I have to I have to get in this conversation. I have to be a part of it. I have to make this a clip to put on all my social sites. I'm not going to spoil anything, even though we're, we're not a week removed. But I'm not going to spoil anything. It hasn't been a long time. But season two sucked. Okay. Euphoria is one of those shows. Let me let me really think about this before I go before I get into what I'm trying to say.
Season one of Euphoria, in my opinion, was was brilliant. The message behind it, um, the acting, like the execution of of the actors and actresses, amazing, incredible. Um, it brought a bunch of interesting new ideas. There's a message to it all. Drug addiction is very bad. This is it doesn't. I hate I hate seeing that crap online about uh, does Euphoria glorify uh, drug use? Uh, if you see, did you see? I'm probably not, I hope I'm not spoiling, spoiling this, but in season one, when Zendaya's character Rue is banging out the door, fucking foaming at the mouth, begging her, you know, friend to give her drugs, that's glorifying drugs? Or when, or even, uh, or even uh, Cassie and Lexi's father, he's a drug addict. That's glorifying drugs. He he abandoned them, you know, completely scarred them for life. That's glorifying drugs. I completely disagree. Yes, there's there's like a party scene. You know, there's like party scenes where it looks cool, but that's the whole point of the, the that's the whole point of the message is yes, it's fun for like this amount of time. And then the repercussions of what it does to your like literally physically your health to the others around you how it makes you act and that's what the show is trying to convey and they do fairly well but then season two came and they introduced so many different like really interesting storylines and plots and they and they also changed the um i noticed this too um, and I'll read about it too, but I noticed it first. They changed how they were filming it too. So they were they were filming it on like you know digital cams in season one, and then season two they started filming on film, like filming on like actual film. And you can tell because it gives it makes it you don't realize it because like you know not every I'm not a cameraman. I'm not you know I've never made a movie before, but you don't realize it. But subconsciously the digital camera is so like crisp and clean. And then when you switch to film, it's more like grainy and kind of like, it, it makes you more tired feeling. I don't know, but it just, it's switched. And obviously, you know, the, you, you want the vibe to change. You want it to be a little bit different, but they inter they introduced so many new, they didn't, they introduced like, you know, a couple new characters, which is to be expected. Obviously, you know, you don't want to just, yeah, obviously. But they introduced a lot of problems that never got solved or got resolution. And maybe they maybe they introduce it in season three or, or solve it in season three, because I know they renewed for season three. But I mean, the way season two ended, it was just like the ending of like a sappy, corny teen movie and like la 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 you know they lived happily ever after but it's like wait what about this and and what about her and what happened to this and why did this happen no like there was more questions there was questions coming into season two and then they that that didn't get answered from season one and then they introduced more in season two and they still never answered them so I, i'm gonna check out season three and 
fucking two years or whenever the hell it comes out, but I wasn't really impressed, honestly. I liked season one a lot. It was it was it was beautifully written and had a lot of messages. It was just interesting, intriguing. It had some it was just a just a new show, you know. And yes, at the end of the day, it's a high school the life of a high schooler show. We've all seen it a million times, but it's a different twist. It's interesting, but I just had to say that. And I'm done. Anyway. Um two more things and I'm going to do the UFC picks. I want to talk about Yeet. Damn. I want to talk about Yeet. I like Yeet. Okay. I want to say that. I showed my friend Parker Yeet a few months ago. Um I showed him like uh obviously sorry about sorry about that and get busy. I was like, "Damn." This is really cool. This is just cool. It's unique. It's it's something a little different. I think people need to realize and relax. Like you you hip hop heads and shit, fucking relax, dude. It's just a vibe. Like it's j- just chill out, bro. It's not that deep. Like like seriously, it's not that deep. Like his music is not that deep, okay? Just kick back and relax and that might not even be for you. You might not understand it. And that's fine. But he is. Uh, he's the first. Uh, new artist. One of the first new artists. In a, in, a, in a while for me. That I've been like. Wow. This is interesting. I'm coming back to him. Like I'm finding myself. Um, you know. I like downloading his music. But like listening to it. Like. You know a couple days in a row. It's interesting. It's something unique and it's new. It's like a, I don't want to say it's not something that's just like changing like the world, but like, it's cool to hear a different take on like a, on rap. And like, I'm a complete novice and I don't, you know, I don't know crap, but I think it's a, I think, I think he'll have a successful rest of 2022. He might have, you know, like his his album he just dropped went like crazy stupid viral. I mean, you could, he's probably got like five or six songs on TikTok alone that are like you know trending and stuff, and like people know his music. He's got uh he had Young Thug and Gunna on his album. Uh, but yeah, I just want to say that about Ye. I think he's really like it's just really interesting to hear. Um, like the conversation online about something like this whenever somebody new comes out like oh he sounds like such and such oh you know oh he's trash l plus ratio why be better um i don't think he sounds like anybody though i mean his beat selection kind of has the hyper pop trend going you know trippy red was doing that drake hopped on it uh playboy cardi a little bit but it's like it's crazy because it evolved from that within the matter of like six, like nine months. So like, it's crazy that the turnaround, like the, he was in, maybe, maybe he was influenced by this at one point, but it only took him like eight, nine months to, uh, consume it, be inspired by it and come out with something new. 
I thought he was really interesting. I think he's very creative. I think he's dope. Um, yeah, I'm going to just leave it at that. And then I'm gonna, now I'm going to go on to my UFC picks. So, honestly, I did not know that this card was going to be pay-per-view until, like, quite literally last week. I thought this was going to be... I don't know. I feel like this this fight was announced very quickly and abruptly, and it happened very abruptly. Uh, but obviously, the main the main fight, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, they're doing an immaculate job of marketing this because you know they were ex teammates, roommates, best friends. They had a falling out. Now they're fighting each other. <laughs> I mean, in the welterweight division, they're two of the most experienced talented prominent names in the welterweight division and just the ufc in general they've never fought before uh but I, i'm gonna get more into that in, in my pick um let's look at some of these i'm gonna look at some of these prelims and stuff see who i like um i've said this a, a trillion times <laughs> these prelims are a crapshoot, and i'm also not an expert but i will say this i'm oh, sorry i will say this the last three pay-per-views, I've hit parlays of four legs or higher. And then the one with uh, Jan Blahovich, I think that was 268, 267 maybe. I hit a seven-leg parlay. And then I hit a three-leg parlay that was, uh, I guess, like the results of three fights. So I'm on, I'm, I'm on fire. I can't even lie. Um, but I'm going to give you guys my picks. I'm going to give you guys my straight picks, and then I'm going to give you who who I am putting in, in my parlay. Let's see. First fight that I'm looking at. First fight I'm looking at is Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott versus Tagir Ulenbekov. Yeah, Tagir. I'm go I'm probably gonna go with Tagir. He uh I mean he's on a he's very he's quite new to the UFC. I've I have never seen him fight live, but um his resume looks interesting. I think the style difference is interesting. You got a Russian versus an American. Tim Elliott is eighteen and twelve eighteen, twelve and one. Tagir is fourteen and one. I think that I think that this is a case of Maybe somebody on the way in, somebody on the way out. I think maybe to gear. I got to get to gear in this one. I think what weight class is it? This is flyweight. Uh, he and the reason why I'm picking him is because <clears throat> he trains with Khabib. I'm going with to gear, and my computer just died, so now I got to pivot. That stinks. Uh, I was listening to Pure Souls before I got on here. That's such a good song, bro. Ruddy Rich went off. Okay. Tagir. Ulenbekov. Early prelim. Versus Tim Elliott. 125 weight class. He's a minus 230 favorite. I mean, it's probably pretty obvious. Yeah. Tim Elliott is... Let's see. One, two, three... 
four, five, six. In his last six fights, he's two and four to gear all the way. Maybe even by submission. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, which one do we like next? Let's see, let's see. Okay, I like this Jalen Turner guy, also in the early prelims. Uh, the last, I watched him actually fight on this card. Um, this is a lightweight class. Yeah, I like Jalen. I like Jalen Turner in the prelims versus Malarkey. He's he's six foot three. He's a tall lightweight. What lightweight's one fifty five? He's a big guy. I mean, this guy, Jamie Malarkey, ain't no ain't no chump either. I've never seen him fight, but I've watched Jalen Turn, Turner fight. It it says that he's a striker on here, but his last two fights, if I'm not mistaken, he's he's won by submission. Yeah, he's won by submission twice in a row. I think he's. I think he could be. One of the, uh, I think if he wins this fight, people people will start to talk about him a little bit more. Uh, I mean, his last the last time he lost was just by decision, and that was in 2019. I like Jalen Turner, so we got Tagir, Jalen Turner. Uh, oh yeah, early prelim. Yeah, we're taking Nurmagomedov. Duh, I, I don't. I shouldn't even have to say anything. Umar Nurmagomedov. He's Khabib's cousin or something and he has one fight in the UFC and he won my submission he's 14 and 0 13 and 0 we're taking him duh so Tagir Umar Jalen Turner um we're fading Greg Hardy screw Greg Hardy he stinks we're taking Spivak out of where is he even from I actually bet on him in the last fight and he lost. So yeah, we needed a we need a nice bounce back right here. The last time Greg Hardy, the last two times Greg Hardy has fought, he's gotten KO'd. We're fading Greg Hardy. It's it's Spivak all the way. Um I like Kevin or not Kevin Holland. Uh yeah. I like Kevin Holland right here against uh Alex Oliveira. Oliveira's old. Um yes, he's He's, uh, you know, fairly, fairly established in the UFC. He's lost three times in a row. I don't like his fighting style. I think he's on the way out. Like, I think he, I don't think he'll ever win a fight again. Kevin Holland, the last time he fought, and these, these, his resume is fairly, I mean, come on. He's lost to Martin Vittori, who got a title shot. Derek Brunson, who got a title shot. Um... He has a win over Jeff Neal, who's uh, now in the UFC. He doesn't necessarily have like a signature win, but I like the way he fights. He's entertaining. He's the guy on on Instagram and stuff that like he's literally like chatting and talking <laughs> while he's getting his ass whooped. Um, I like Kevin Holland in this fight. Um, I almost don't want to. I almost don't want to pick this one because I don't know a lot about him, but. Uh, I've been seeing you at the UFC like push him heavy, but Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty. I didn't know who he was. I'm gonna be honest. I I completely actually writ, I wrote him off because I thought Edson Barboza was gonna is gonna win. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm gonna eat my words right here. But I'm I'm riding with the hype, and I'm going with Bryce Mitchell. I've never seen him fight. I've actually never even heard of him before. He hasn't fought since 2020. Um. Decision, decision, submission, decision, decision. So, featherweight, 
I'm going with Bryce Mitchell. I'm riding the hype. I was going to pick Barboza because he's a legend, semi-legend in the game. You know, he's a veteran, not a legend. We'll say veteran, veteran in the UFC. Um, he fought Khabib, I think. I mean, Khabib obviously won. Let's see. Yeah, he he fought to Khabib. He fought Khabib, and he lost, but he only lost by decision. So, he's got a, I mean, he, he's got the resume, really. Like, he really does. Um he he's just he's been in UFC for since 2011, 12 years. I mean, he has a win over Paul Felder, Anthony Pettis, Benil Derouche, Dan Hooker. But his last fight, he did not look good against Giga Chikaze. So we're going with Bryce Mitchell, uh, RDA versus Mo- Moisano, two Brazilians. This is this will be an interesting fight. I think even though uh, Mo- Moisano took this fight on like two week notice less than that i think this this will still be a good fight rda is a a veteran as well um i don't know much about renato at all i'm probably gonna i'm just gonna throw rda in there um let's see he did get a he was i mean he's a former champ at the welterweight division um, he has wins over, I mean, good Lord, he's been fighting since 2008 in the U, in the UFC and then professionally since 2004. Uh, I mean, he has wins over Cowboy. He also lost to Khabib by decision, um, which is, which is interesting. Nate Diaz, Anthony Pettis, Cowboy again. He, he had two title defenses, lost to Eddie Alvarez, Robbie Lawler. He got another title shot which I think this was an interim shot belt, and he lost to Kobe Covington, lost to Usman. I like RDA. I mean, he's just a he's just a veteran in the game. And now, and now we're getting to the main event: Jorge Masvidal versus uh, versus Kobe Covington. I mean, I feel like the the obvious. I mean, I'm taking Kobe Covington. Yes, he's a three minus three hundred favorite. I feel like somebody's going to get knocked up out. I think Covington is going to knock Jorge Masvidal out. Um, first round. Like, I think this is going to be bloody. This is, this, this fight is like, this fight is going to be bloody. I feel like, I mean, I don't think the reason. All right. So the, let me, let me retract here. I think the real, the real reason why. I like Covington here. Is you got to look at you got to look at their their common denominator here. They both they've both lost to Kamaru Usman twice. Okay, both of them. They've both been TKO'd or KO'd, and lo- they both lost by decision. Colby Covington's when he got finished by Usman, it was. Sort of controversial. Com- Usman was definitely whooping his ass, but it was it was maybe maybe a quick stoppage. Jorge got knocked the fuck out. Okay, I love Masvidal. I watch every fight Masvidal fights till the, till he retires. Jorge got clean knocked out. Okay, Colby was still awake when he got TKO'd. 
And that was also like two years ago. When Colby fought Usman just a few months ago, he might have won a couple of those rounds. He looked good in the fight. So basically, you got to look at who who is who's in better shape right now. Who's fighting better? Who's in better fi- fighting tip top fighting shape? Colby Covington. And I'm going very bold, and I'm saying Colby Covington by knockout in the first round. Um. <clears throat> so, just to recap, these are my picks. Tagir, Khabib's cousin, Umar, Jalen Turner, Spivak, Kevin Holland, Bryce Mitchell, Rafael Dos Anjos, Colby Covington. Again, Tagir, Umar, Turner, Spivak, Holland, Mitchell, RDA, Colby Covington. Colby Covington by knockout in the first round. If you want to throw a dollar on the first round, I'm sure that the I'm sure that the uh the odds on that are very nice. Let me let me check it out actually. And I'm also gonna give you what this would what this would uh even out to. What this would come out to, sorry. Okay. Let me find a UFC. Okay. Where is the main event? Okay. Masvidal. Okay, let's say method of victory, Colby Covington by knock by KO is plus 300. Let's go round props. How will the fight end? Hold on. Method of victory. Okay. This is this is going to be incredible odds. Colby Covington by KO in round one is plus 1,400. It's very unlikely, obviously, because the last time I'm just feeling it. I'm not even I didn't even have any like um, I didn't even really have any like reasoning for it. I just went with my gut and my instinct right here. And I don't know why. I mean, dude, he has he has a knockout over Tyron Woodley. He's not a knockout artist, I know, but come on, man. I just really feel like this this is going to end in the first round. So that's my bold pick. I'm gonna go to gear to gear by submission. Um and Jalen Turner by submission. Those are my those are my prop bets. I'm gonna be I'll tweet out some more of what I'm doing, but I'm gonna go ahead and put together the parlay that I had. Spivak. Hold on. Let me put them all together. Tagir, Umar. And these are all just money line that I'm putting together. Turner, main card. Mitchell, Holland, RDA, Covington. So that's eight picks, okay? And that that evens out to 1450 So if you put a dollar on that, you win 15 If you put five on it. You win 72. This is what I'm going with. Um, my advice on betting UFC, say you put in that eight-leg parlay. 
only put a small, like, a quarter unit on it. So say your unit is five bucks, put like a dollar twenty twenty five on it, and then what I, what I recommend or what what I find fun and entertaining, is to, uh, I'm talking literally each fight. So say you know the early prelims, you put like a dollar on how you think the outcome of the fight will be. So say you're watching the Kevin Holland fight, you're like, okay, I think this fight will end by decision. So you put a dollar on that. Um, another tip is maybe just, I mean, obviously this is like probably very obvious, but don't, don't do fucking eight leg parlays. Maybe, um, say, say you just do three of, of your like top sure for sure winners, um, like on, like, and you maybe bet with just the prelim section, just the main card section, and you choose your winners that way. That's how, that's a way that I've found myself not going completely uh, uh, losing everything that I, that I have in my Fanduel account. So, one more time, I've got Sergey Spivak, Tagir Ulambekov, Umar Nurmagomedov, Jalen Turner. Bryce Mitchell, Kevin Holland, Rafael Dos Anjos, and Colby Covington, and that comes out to plus 450. It's a long shot. Somebody's going to get upset. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're all favorites. They're all favorites. I just went with my gut, but have fun and bet responsibly. Those are my picks for the UFC. Um, Let's go ahead and end this thing. We're at 35 minutes. I'm going to open this little box of cards right here, and I'm going to do this. This will be a completely separate clip. I've been holding on to this for almost a year now, and I'm gonna I'm about to open it. This is for this is for uh, all my baseball fans out there who are missing a little baseball. Here's a little baseball content. Um, Tops 2020 baseball 2021. Sorry, 75 cards in here. There's one exclusive Chrome 70 years of Tops baseball insert. Five 1952 Tops Redux 2021 insert. One Chrome 1952 Redux 2021 card. Don't know what all that means necessarily, but here we go. I've been wanting to, I've been waiting for this day for about a year, and you're getting it on camera. So I'm, I'm getting it on camera, not you. If I can fucking open this shit. I really don't want to have to get up and get a knife. And of course, I just cut my fingernails. <laughs> Let me see if I can. I'm trying to be resourceful because I don't want to get up. <clears throat> I'm not cutting any of this either. Looking like a straight up idiot. Ah, there we go. Here's a random earring that uh, Marlena left over here. All right, here we go.
Ooh. Those lights look good, don't they? All right. Taking this off. And it's going to be one big giant pack. This is for all my baseball fans out there who need a little baseball action. Specifically MLB action. So we do have a There's supposed to be a memorabilia card in here. Whatever that means Okay Let's see Not seeing anything so far Okay, we got us a brave Travis Darno. I'm not gonna sit here and show you all 78 cards This one's flipped upside down. Maybe that means something. Okay. No. Blake Snell. He doesn't even play for them. Oh, okay. Nice. Corey Seager. Corey Seager World Series card. It's probably not worth anything, but that's cool. Oh, that's awesome. Shiny. Walker. Walker. Walker Bueller. Ooh, I pulled two Dodgers in a row. Vandy guy, big Vandy guy. And then this one's pretty cool right here. Another Tennessee connection, a Mookie Betts base card. That's really cool, actually. Went to home, home Brentwood. Mookie Betts base, that's actually nice. And it's in good shape, too. All right, let's keep going. Okay, Miguel Cabrera, legend. Gio Gonzalez. Oh, oh, we got a Padres. Ah, oh, Mitch Moreland. I'm a Padres fan, by the way. Ooh, nice. Mike Trout, base. That's cool. Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. Okay, we're almost to that shiny. Luke Voigt. Okay, we're here. All right. I'm going to show you guys first. What is it? Is it nice? What is it? Can you see it? Oh, I don't know who that is. Jake Bowers, Cleveland Indians. I wonder if this is numbered. It's not. Pete Alonzo. Oh. This is kind of neat. This is Don Mattingly. Look at this. This is kind of cool. I know he doesn't. It's like a throwback player. It's kind of corny, but... Neat. Justin Verlander fake autograph. Sonny Gray. There's another Tennessee connection. Okay. Albert Pujols. Manny Machado. That's nice. 
these faux autographs. Luis Robert. Could you imagine if I got an actual auto, though? Okay. God, it looks so real. I wish it was. Imagine, dude. Imagine if I got a Juan Soto auto. Um, hold on. Did I just pull something? Look at this. It's backwards, and it's a Mookie bet. Number one in a series of one. What the hell is this? Topps issued its inaugural set in 1951 with two types of cards. The blue bags, less common. Then their redback counterparts were distributed. Damn, dude, I thought this was something nice. <laughs> I thought it was about to be like an autograph or something. All right, I think that's pretty much it. I think the rest of these are base. Rookie card, rookie card. Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be so nice, man. Adam Frazier. I thought it was supposed to get like a patch or something in here. Oh, nice. I have this already. Tatis. Now I got two of them. I'm confused. I rolled his Chapman and... Okay. All right. That was cool, I guess. I don't really know. I think this is a cool card. I think this might be rare. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this uh, little episode right here. I know it was all over the place. But yeah, thank you guys for watching.